encountered countless errors with a system that is vanilla, as they say, no mods. So that's kind of highlights that even further. I mean, you know, some of some of the other comments potentially could have been passed away as heavily modded, something like that. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Do you know an ERP from Germany, but it is not SAP? Do you know an ERP system that has a similar look and feel as the other manufacturing software such as Infor or Aptine? Do you know an ERP system that has similar workflows built up as Next World? Do you know an ERP system that might not be as penetrated in North America? If you have guessed Abbas ERP, then you are right. In today's episode, we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to conduct an independent review of Abbas ERP's capabilities. We covered many grounds, including its origin, architecture, and target market. Finally, we analyzed several user reviews to explore the strengths and weaknesses of the solution. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you're joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. And this is probably going to be the last show of the year. And after that, we are going to take a little break. So this is oh, the show. Don't say that, Sam. <laughs> you are not supposed to say that in the beginning of the show, Andy? No. no. Okay. The end. Towards the end. Okay. Towards the end. Okay. But this show is very special. And that's why I wanted to bring that. Because you are going to miss us for a month. So make sure you are listening up closely. So today we are going to be discussing Abbas or Abbas, however you want to pronounce this. For us, this is the manufacturing ERP that we are discussing. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros. I am going to start with my intro. If you don't know me, Sam Gupta, principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm. On that note, I am going to move to Dave for his intro. Thanks, Sam. Hi, everybody. My name is Dave Chrysler, and I own an operations consulting business working with leaders in manufacturing and distribution spaces, helping them to create systems that free them to focus on driving growth and operating with excellence and come to you with more than 20 years in various operational leadership roles, uh, including implementing some ERPs. So excited to be here and thanks for having me. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Dave. Andy, can I ask you to introduce yourself next? Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me, Sam. Uh, my name is Andy Pratico. I've been involved in ERP software for small to mid-sized manufacturers uh, for longer than I like to say. As a matter of fact, when I first started in the business, I think neither one of these two guys were alive yet. <laughs> uh, but anyways, for a long time. 
And I've worked all over North America. I've helped a lot of manufacturing companies. And I also have a published book that helps companies evaluate ERP software. So thanks again, Sam, and uh, looking forward to the show. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Andre. And uh, if you're in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys post your questions and comments. We typically try to cover them during that show. If we run out of time, we'll make sure that you receive your answers. On that note, I am going to start with the quick commentary and uh, how these guys fit in the value chain. And um, Andy, I'm pretty sure you have probably run into them. So you are probably going to have some commentary, Dave. I'm not sure if you have any sort of ex experiences, insights uh, you know, about this one. Uh, maybe you guys can share that as well. So obviously, this is a very interesting uh, you know, ERP system. They started from Germany. And Germany is a very special place for ERP systems because obviously SAP started from there. I don't know how many ERP systems we have seen from Germany. We have seen a lot of different e-commerce systems coming out from there. But this is the ERP system coming from there. I have come across them in patches, I would say. I don't know. I could not really find a real trend in terms of when I was coming across them. But there are customers that use them in North America as well. I don't know how penetrated they are. My understanding is going to be few and far in between. I don't know what their distribution model is in North America. But again, I have seen. So for the most part, the way their product is coming across when I look at their positioning, when I look at uh, the reviews, the screens, it's a very interesting product. Number one, it has the manufacturing feel. So for example, let's say if you are going to compare this with your Infor FTN, then it's going to be very similar feel overall from the from the screen perspective, if you look at the product design. Uh, the other things that you are going to notice this product with this product, and this is sort of the trend that I have seen with most of the software that is coming from Germany, except SAP, I guess. They seem to be slightly more technical in nature. So this product is also very technically oriented, the way it is designed, the way it is positioned, the kind of features that they are releasing. And when I look at their workflow tool, it gives me the feel of our friends at Next World, which was the no-code, low-code uh, ERP system. So obviously their perspective is going to be very, very, very technical in general. So in this particular case as well, I think these guys are slightly more on the technical side overall from the positioning perspective, the way the product is created. Overall, my understanding is going to be, I think their sweet spot is going to be um, small to mid-size manufacturing organizations for the most part. The kind of the screens and the documentation if you look at their overall positioning, I guess the majority of the customers are probably going to be from Germany. In fact, the documentation is probably going to be in German as well, a lot of it. Yes, they are going to have some English, obviously, because they have customers here. But for the most part, it's going to be very German. So obviously, it's not going to be a very global product in general. So obviously, if you are a business uh, in Germany, probably this is going to be a great fit. The other regions, you probably need to think about it, whether this is going to be the right fit for you or not. So I'll pause there. I don't know if I covered everything that we typically cover from the positioning perspective. Uh, Andy, commentary? Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some more of what you've investigated. But, uh, you know, I've heard that the look and feel is very, very nice. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Andy? Any other uh, uh, I'm sure we'll come up with some things during okay. the present. 
Okay. Dave? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, just kind of taking a look at uh, at their website and what they've got available. Yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of go through this. I, I agree with what Andy was saying in terms of kind of look and feel. The other thing I, I felt like was interesting about what, you know, from the marketing perspective, it's always interesting to see, you know, how they position kind of the things that they highlight. One of the things I took away of, of what they lead with uh, in terms of kind of solution focus is actually scheduling and production uh, yeah. before financial, uh, which I thought, you know, is, is kind of interesting and something that we haven't seen in any of the other, um, you know, solutions that we have reviewed, at least uh, to my recollection. So that'd be interesting to see if, if we can see some of that. Uh, functionality uh, as we go through this. That's probably a very interesting point. And the reason why I found that interesting is because most of the manufacturing solutions, like majority of them, I would say all of them probably, okay, they all started as more of the manufacturing operation software. And they sat on top of some other uh, software, ERP, either Sage or SAP. So these guys coming from Germany, I don't blame them that they probably started with the same strategy and then they probably developed their finance module as well. That could be the reason why you are feeling it that way. But overall, their production module is very, very, very strong. I just didn't get <laughs> any feel for the finance, I guess, or the accounting. Yeah, I mean, that, and, you know, it's a great point just from the standpoint of when you think about uh, going down the path of an implementation. Um, and, and again, it's going to be dependent on, on you know, your specific area. But, you know, <laughs> your financial uh, accounting uh, is going to be one of the most important parts of that. Um, so it is interesting kind of that positioning, but but your point's well taken. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to see uh, a little bit more about it. Yeah. And the only thing I would add that we typically cover during the uh, briefing is going to be overall their technology. Um, so these guys are slightly more mature overall uh, in their tech stack. They have the SQL database, uh, which is good. At least, I mean, they have that. Not too sure how mature they are in their cloud offering. Uh, my understanding is that they started selling as on-prem. And if you read the reviews, there are some very interesting reviews, okay? So we are going to keep that for the end. <laughs> but you will find, and by the way, let me see, the reason why I called this as more of the technology solution, and the only comparison I'm going to have with this one is going to be Pronto from, and overall, uh, you know, positioning the way uh, solution was positioned, it was a very technically focus solution. In fact, nobody in the ERP industry talk about Linux, uh, you know, or any of the operating system. Who cares, uh, you know, which operating system it is. For the most part, ERP systems and the users are going to be on uh, your Windows system. You know, these are finance and operations people. They are not going to be, uh, you know, operating on either mainframe or, or um, uh, any of the Linux operating systems. But this particular solution is built on top of that in fact, there are some customers who are actually preferring that, okay? So this is a very different community in general. And for the most part, I think we, when we look at the European market, there seems to be a trend of this whole push for technology for some reason. I don't know why. Okay, if you look at Odoo, you know, very technically centric IT driven solution. This one now we are seeing. So probably in the emerging market, there is a little bit of programming craze right now because probably they don't have to count for dollars. <laughs> You know, it's not as expensive, I guess. So I'll add that. Any other comments, guys? No? All right. So let's start on the slide. So here uh, they are talking about, obviously, they are the enterprise uh, resource planning solution. And they are claiming that 
um, it's operating in roughly what 28 languages is what they are saying. Uh, but you know, again, the language could be very different. Supporting languages is easy, but when it comes to supporting, let's say, the error messages, okay, it's very, 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 very difficult. So that's where your challenges are going to be. For example, let's say if you are simply uh, talking about converting your screens or whatever, uh, you know, that's all easy part. But the error messages are typically the hardest one to translate. The documentation is probably going to be the hardest one to translate as well, as well as the financial terms that the, you are going to be using. They could be very different as well. That requires very different planning. When you talk about products such as SAP, they spend a lot of time thinking through these things that, okay, if a customer is going to be using in Germany or uh, Brazil, what is their experience going to be? And they literally design the whole experience in each of those countries. But that's probably not going to be possible with all of these products. So they are going to have traces that you are going to come to know only after you have used this product for some time. And that you are going to find in reviews as well. Uh, just one more comment. And yeah. you already, already know this as well, Sam, is the other challenge regarding multilingual systems is the field names. Because when they're doing their own custom reports, whether whatever tool they're using, uh, you know, if this one's in German, uh, it's not that easy. Could not agree more. And uh, NDL, I'll, I'll paint some more colors there so that listeners can follow along. And field names, when you say, uh, I, my understanding is that, Andy, you are talking about the field names that are going to be at the database level. Yes. Not really your UI Sorry, field. I, meant, I should have said record names. Yes. Exactly. UI fields are okay. Okay. You can, you can change them in whatever language you want. You can, everybody can have their own language if they want. Okay. UI fields are not a problem. In most ERP systems, they are going to be customizable. But when you talk about the database fields, okay, database fields, you cannot change the name. So if the, the original product was designed for Germany, those fields are going to be uh, in German as well. So sometimes that could be very confusing for developers, okay? They might mix things up. For example, the classic example always is invoice versus receipt. In some countries, uh, you know, we call this invoice in North America, but in some other countries, they might call it as receipt. So these are some of the terms. And right now we are talking about just English. When languages are going to be combined, good luck with that translation. <laughs> it could be all over the place. Any other comments, guys? Okay. Uh, so Abel's a business suite is based on its own uh, object-oriented database, which is very interesting that they are calling their own object-oriented database. I'm not sure why they would design that. That's very interesting. The following APIs are possible for the database access, a Java-based framework. Uh, and they have a little bit why, of mainframe. Why is that interesting, Sam? Interesting what? The database? Yeah, you said that they're object... Uh, Meaning they are hiding something, okay? When somebody has a proprietary technology, uh, that means they cannot work <laughs> with the mainstream technologies. That's why it is interesting. And now the next line reads, you know, for GL. Uh, okay, so you can clearly see that they have done a little bit of mainframe, right? So I don't know how much code is really migrated. Uh, they may start, they may have started because this is a very old company. They started in roughly, what, 1981? So I don't know how much has been migrated completely to your newer SQL-based databases. There is a possibility that some modules may be migrated and some, some not. Uh, so that could be a possibility why they had to come up with their own database. In 2022, I just don't see why anybody would design a database from, unless you are talking about HANA. Uh, <laughs> okay, so other things, I mean, they have C, C++. I don't see any other technical details that are, uh, you know, 
interesting here on the event level the business logic and dialog control can be adjusted or configured using event handlers which is very similar to most erp systems in 4 has it apicore has it uh, but their event handler is slightly different uh, slightly more slick in my mind these can be optionally implemented in uh, i don't know what fos and then java that's the 4gl language okay so obviously they are giving you a choice um so i, I can almost guarantee that the, the big time majority of the code is probably running in 4gl as well um okay business portal is based on liferay uh, and liferay was um, my understanding is that that was owned by ibm uh, and again i can connect some dots here uh, with respect to your Pronto and this, uh, Pronto was very big on IBM technology. So maybe they had some IBM correlation there as well. So here we have Liferay. Then uh, the reporting is done in the Jasper reports, which is unique as well. Most companies have done Crystal, but these guys are doing Jasper, which is okay. No big deal. Okay, so workflow. Overall, when I look at this workflow, I get a feel of my MuleSoft, to be honest, okay? When we looked at Rootstock, that's when we had such elegant feeling of the workflow i have not seen this elegant workflow with any other system for example let's say if i compare this apicore in four it's not going to be as easy here it's very clear the way it is done you have form action approval auto task gateway if my recollection is right we had literally six options in in your root stock <laughs> so this is very 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 interesting overall i think this is going to be far easier overall for business people the only challenge I'm going to get and that we are going to talk in the next screen, the way their screens are designed, again, they are very technical, okay? And that's why they are probably able to do these workflows very easily. So we'll look at the, the technical aspect of these screens and the challenges that you're going to get because of that. So not on this one. This is the production, you know, look and feel, the one that you were talking about, Dave. This is very slick overall. You have the days, you have the dates, and then you have the work center, I could not really locate if there was any sort of correlation between your material and operation. Uh, but overall, it does look decent uh, from the scheduling perspective. But one thing you might want to note, the look and feel is very similar to your N4 app team. Uh, you know, the way your screens are designed. So one thing that you might be able to know, the, these screens are very legacy. Okay. So obviously, they have not re-architected this. So it's a very similar architecture that you have some sort of I-pass that you are trying to create and you are trying to publish these screens, the legacy feel on top of that I-pass to so, so that you don't have to customize. I'm pretty sure they are probably doing the cloud-native architecture as well. But right now, the way it stands, it doesn't seem like uh, cloud-native architecture. This is a very legacy feeling of the screens at this point. It appears on this screen that it's uh, this infinite scheduling. Is that your perception? If you look at the percentages, some of them are over 100. I am going to have to agree with that. I don't see any options here. I don't know how sophisticated these scheduling yeah, is going to be overall. Yeah. But based on the way screen is designed, they might have all of those features, to be honest. It's just that, you know, it's a very clunky code, so it might be buggy. Um, that could be a problem. Uh, Sam, you mentioned Pronto a couple times. Does it use, does it still use the progress database or is it more SQL server now? Which one are you talking about? Are you talking about Pronto, Pronto or? Yeah, Pronto. My, uh, Dave, do you remember from the session? My understanding is that we are probably uh, on SQL right now. Is yeah, that's, okay. that's what I thought. I, I, I don't recall specifically, but that, that's, I, I'm thinking that's what it was. I want to say that somewhere in there uh, that, 
either there was an article that we found on wiki or, or that they had uh switched that from um from the progress uh to the sql database andy andy if my recollection is right i think they are using db2 and uh, i know db2 is not that popular but i don't know if it is really mainframe centric i think that is sql data uh, db2 is a sql database so they are probably using db2 they are still very tightly correlated with ibm right now okay so here is the interesting part so all of a sudden you know this is looking very sexy and appealing right uh, <laughs> the reason why it is looking very sexy and appealing is because you are looking at the customer portal and this is a very interesting demo trick that every single ERP vendors out there use this, uh, you know, they are going to modernize your CRM, they are going to modernize uh, your customer portals, but the ERP is still going to be very legacy. And that's why you are able to see very modern feel here. And this is exactly what you are going to see in the demo and they are going to uh, just swipe under the rug the other functionality or you might not be able to notice, uh, you know, the technology. Uh, but this is a very modern cloud native, uh, you know, feeling with the screens because this is life ray. And they have implemented this in life ray. And typically, implementing any sort of portals, e-commerce, that's going to be easy. Uh, the ERP is a much heavier lift in general. Uh, any comments? No? Okay. So this is where I get the feeling that, you know, this is a very technically centric system. Okay. The reason why I get that feel is because when you look at the transaction type, it's saying transaction type sales order. I'm looking at, okay, where is my, okay, if this is a sales order screen, it should read sales order somewhere, right? So you are sort of selecting the option for a sales order, and then you have a bunch of tables that are basically populating in a list screen, okay? That's what I call very technical experience of the platform, okay? So this is not really designed to be an ERP. They are trying to sort of shove ERP functionality in a very reusable modular uh, you know, technical platform, which is great. If you're trying to promote your low-code, no-code, but not sure how many people are really going to like it because the experience is not really going to be customized for them. Now, you can customize these screens because, again, the foundation of these platforms is going to be very technical. But then, again, you are looking at very, uh, you know, large amount of dollars in those customization, testing time, increase the implementation risk, as well as maintenance nightmare. Uh, what else do I have here? Uh, so my understanding, this is very similar feel as your next world or pronto those are going to be my closest comparison um overall okay so here now again i am looking for the screen name i could not see maybe that's not captured as part of the screenshot but for the most part i could not really find okay what was the screen about but here we can gather that this is going to be uh, you know the product as well as the work order is what they are trying to do here now, I don't know what work order suggestion means and where that is coming from to be. Uh, why they would have that, I am trying to conclude if that is some sort of industry functionality that they have tried to build or whatever. But um, Probably that would be because it's a planned order. And from my understanding, uh, this product is more designed for long run of forecastable manufacturing. So this would be your MRP plan, the work order suggestion. That could be, that's a very interesting comment there. That's definitely a possibility. And I sort of agree with you, Andy, that this is probably going to be the long forecastable sort of processes. You are right, because, you know, we have a lot of different dates on um, the scheduling. So that's definitely a possibility. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, the costing looks okay. Uh, it's at least organized. Um, there are a few things, for example, contribution margin on the costing. 
which is very interesting. I have not seen contribution margin as part of the costing workflow because typically costing is very separate from your revenue. So you are sort of mixing those two things here. So I don't know why you would have that as part of this. Is, uh, that would be my take. Guys, if you have any comments, please go ahead. No, but like you say, interesting. Yeah. Uh... Any comments, Dave? No. Okay. So now we are going to, and again, it's very hard to gauge anything from uh, the screens unless we really review the reviews. Uh, that's where the real truth is. So here, this is a very interesting user. We are talking about Canada, 200 to roughly 500 employees. And that would be my understanding that that's probably going to be there uh, based on the design, based on the product. So here she's saying, uh, you know, effective and easily customizable ERP software. We have large and complicated bills of materials that were difficult to manage. We did a bit of work to get them flowing through Abyss effectively. Now, typically, when I look at any of the tier three, tier four system or tier five, maybe, uh, you know, my suspicion always is going to be they are going to be cutting corners, either in terms of the bomb layers or one to end scenarios. We, there is going to be something that is going to be missing. And even if I sit for like, you know, two weeks in a demo, it's going to be really hard even for me to figure it out. Uh, okay, what I'm going to be missing. You will find these things only during the implementation. Okay, so now based on this review, there is something that I am missing that, that okay, bills of materials probably are not as uh, sophisticated. So now, Andy, to your point, when you mentioned that this is probably going to be for the long lead time forecastable products. But when you think about those products, my understanding is going to be that they are probably going to have a lot of bomb layers. If that is the case, then this is probably not going to work for that. So now, would you change your opinion that there's still for that? Or do you think that there are going to be patches in terms of the industry where this is going to be for the forecastable product, but they are not going to have as many bomb layers? Andy? Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I've been, from what my understanding is, is that it's much better for flat bombs than it is for complex bombs. But I'm not sure if I see anything that causes it to not complex but again we don't even again if i'm uh, what i'm saying is even if i sit in a demo for like two weeks <laughs> it's going to be hard to find that yeah. that's the challenge with erp systems to be honest unless you literally implement a scenario it's going to be very hard to find that so you are literally relying uh, on either your oems or wars whatever they are going to tell you but uh, yeah, I mean, or you are going to hear in the review. So this is a real truth that obviously she struggled with it. So there's something going with bombs. So obviously do little testing there uh, overall in terms of bombs. Uh, how many layers can it support? And my recommendation always is uh, the truth is going, you are going to find the truth during your MRP. Uh, you know, and that you are probably going to discover after a year when you are in the implementation cycle. So good luck with that. Right. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. The demo uh, looks great. Exactly. 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 And then by the time you cannot do anything to bar or OEM because they have already right. made their money. <laughs> Too expensive to change now. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it might not even work, right? Sometimes, Andy, it's not that every ERP implementation goes live. Well, um, that's very true. But, you know, if you all, if you realize the scheduling portion of any manufacturing system is always implemented last. Exactly. exactly. So it's a year before you find out whether it works or not. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So the second review here, this is coming from two months ago. This is five years ago. So there could be a possibility that there have been some changes with the product. Uh, but this one is coming two years ago. So here's the same one, isn't it? Andy? 
Oh, the second one below. I'm yeah. sorry. So, yeah. Okay. That's I thought we already read that one. Yeah. No. Um, so here they are saying Abbas was first ERP system. It helped us grow into the business we are today. And I would guess that any of the first time buyers, they typically are not going to be as savvy in understanding what is involved in selecting an ERP system. And they are typically the ones who select any of the tier five, tier four, just because either because of the cost or they just don't understand what is involved in the. So here they are saying we are former users of Abbas. Uh, you know, it's only because as a growing company, uh, we needed the ability to schedule for engineer to order custom manufacturing and Abus excels at scheduling for widget manufacturing. So Andy, so the user is agreeing with there, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's going to be my understanding they as well. Customize it. So, Andy, why are they calling this as widget manufacturing? Because widget would be more of the make-to-stock, right? If this is going to be pure engineer to order. Yeah, commodity. Okay, commodity engineer to order, that's not making a ton of sense, Andy. So how does no, that work? No, it doesn't at all. I, I, the fact that they're, I, they're, but you see, they're calling that a con, though. So they're saying that they are an ETO custom manufacturer, but this software doesn't handle that. It's more designed for widget manufacturing. So therefore, we had to customize it, and they had to look look for a solution that could help in this critical area. Other than other than that, they love Abbas or Abbas. I see. Okay, so basically, what you are saying is we needed the ability to schedule for engineer to order custom manufacturing, and they couldn't do it. I see. Okay, so okay, so so you are saying Abbas excels at commoditized manufacturing, which is going to be make to stock widget manufacturing, and if you want exactly. to utilize it for custom manufacturing, then you have to customize. Okay, exactly. now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, are you with us? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was going to question the same thing, but uh, and only based on one of the um, one of the customer success stories that I've found. But I, I think it kind of all makes sense now. It was a um, uh, an electrical electrical engineering uh, uh, customer success story that they had on their highlight on their website. But I I, I think it. That I agree and, and makes sense now uh, after kind of rereading that. So Yeah, and electrical manufacturing, in my experience, it's more of the assembly. It's not a real, to be honest. Well, I agree. If they're a contract manufacturer and they're doing board stuff, it's real manufacturing. Wage, yeah, wage they're daughters at, and all that. At first glance, it, it didn't appear to be quite that simplified, Sam, but um, yeah, I I, I don't disagree with where you're coming from. Yeah, completely agree, Andy. Uh, you're you're right as well. Um, okay, any other comments, guys? Now, sometimes electronics firms have already subbed out the, the the populating of their boards, and then yeah, it's just assembly. Yeah, I mean their processes are not going to be as complicated. Even if the their processes are going to be complicated, they probably are running on paper. Okay, that's when my right. speed. Um, you know, they are not going very tech savvy in general. Uh, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. No, that that's what caught my eye. So this company was a um, like a uh, a games manufacturer, like an amusement games manufacturer. Oh. That's that's what caught my eye, which was why I was thinking originally, like, how does this not make sense with you know based on what this user was saying? But um, yeah, it, but, it all but makes sense. You now. mean like a video game? Yeah, like uh, an amusement game. You know, like they've got a picture of a um, 
like a whack-a-mole. Uh, okay, so know, it, it would of, be, even though it's a level of complexity, it's still repetitive. Yeah, well, that's, it, originally. It, originally, yeah. I was thinking that it was going to be more of an engineer-to-order stereo, but then, you know, kind of digging into into it deeper, it, it is more of a, a, a widget manufacturer. It, it changes the revs once it, a year. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So. And to your point, Sam, it's it's more than likely. And again, I didn't read through the full thing, but more than likely, they're bringing in some of those assembled, you know, some of those pre-built components as you know, purchased items and just doing the assembly versus creating uh, Bill's material with engineered to, to order components. So per yeah. per order. So. Yeah, great points, guys. Great points. Could not agree more. Some more reviews. So now this is coming from Germany, which is their place, I guess. You know, in general, oh. and uh, this is the eleven to fifteen. So this is the the right fit in my mind. Uh, mechanical industrial engineering is probably going to be a good fit. Now the user is saying all these positive reviews makes me wonder if we are really using the same. So obviously <laughs> has had very negative experience uh, with the software, which is very interesting. So let's read. I mean, I don't want to just look at the stars and then let's look at the comments and where the sentiment is coming from. And if everybody's um, opinion is subject to their previous. Right, but I mean, again, it. we are trying to connect the dots. So in the previous two reviews, we have clearly seen that there is a trend there in, in the review. Now, let's see if this guy is sort of consistent with that as well. So here, this person is saying when it comes to sales, there is no automated support to follow up uh, upon leads, projects, etc. There isn't the slightest piece of CRM integrated. We wanted to connect a soft phone to the ERP, which shouldn't be that complicated and asked our IT admin, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so let's look at the profile of the customer who is commenting this. This is a sales manager guy, okay? They oh, typically okay. don't have as much understanding of the ERP software. And that's where the comment, so this particular comment is going to be on the user itself. They don't understand how to use the ERP. It's not the problem with the software. Uh, okay, so the problem is really <laughs> with the reviewer and we want to be fair with everybody here. So in this particular case, I guess the problem is really with Dennis, uh, not really with the, with the software. So here the cons is saying, okay, where should I begin? As somebody wrote in another review, the colors really hurt your eyes. Come on. You are talking about colors for any ERP? You're killing me. Uh, if you're colorblind, they won't. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> uh, of course, that is only a minor issue which can I can overlook if it was the only problem. UX is a nightmare. <laughs> Again, UX is very subjective to the person who is you're using totally. it. <laughs> I mean, we just start, you we need just to be trained, buddy. <laughs> The problem is not really with the software, okay? There are endless list tabs and fields that are useless for 90%, 95% of the users. Yes, that could be true as well, but that's how ERP says. Now, if you are going to change the look and feel of that, you are looking at maintenance nightmare. So deal with it. I would say, you know, you are better off using the system as it is. Now, do not blame them for, because it seems that if you didn't grow up with it, it's next to impossible learning it. Yes, you know, this is going to be a problem. Typically for sales and marketing folks, the ERP could be very hard to learn. But again, depending upon where you want to invest money, whether you want to invest money in fragmented architecture, you could do that, but then you are going to be spending a lot in IT. Or you could train people or you can hire people who are going to be comfortable using ERP. So again, this goes to the user. There is no problem with the software. Okay, uh, the next review is coming from Ashley Parts and Parts Inventory and Documentation in Canada. Big warehousing company. big company that's shocking and maybe they are using it just for one facility uh, that's a possibility in the tier two scenario okay so here uh ashley is complaining a few too many lines in a stock journal two lines per transfer is rather high unnecessary and tough on the eyes undoing 
hosted mistakes could be made more simple and seems to be headed in that direction with the update coming our way happy to see this soon ha <sighs> again it seems like user is the problem i don't think this is the software problem um, i think their expectation is probably very quick books feel and that's why she is complaining about that but the the problem here is training it's not really software that's it's possible that's what that person's used previously but a company of this size would never be using quickbooks uh, maybe she came from somewhere and yeah, she... previous yeah <laughs> exactly sure. yeah well and sam you kind of hit it i mean i've seen scenarios where you know they're putting the total number of employees under the corporate umbrella let's say and and their facility is a uh, you know, one facility, maybe a small parts distribution, you know, warehouse or something like that. That was uh, maybe an acquisition facility. Lega- I mean, this could be legacy software. There's tons of ways to read into this. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Acquisition is a great example, Dave. And most likely it's probably going to be bad because, you know, with acquisition, most of the companies, I mean, the smaller ones, they are probably going to be using spreadsheet, QuickBooks, and they are going to feel they are very different. Uh, once you come to the culture of corporate, then Okay, good luck with that because you have to use all of this. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen that firsthand, yes. Right? <laughs> uh, all right, guys, so some more comments here. This is also coming from 2019, which is very recent. Okay, so here the comment is very interesting. Here the, uh, the user is saying, searching by description is solely reliant on how the part was originally created. For example, if the part is one by two long screw and you search by... 0.5 inch, it won't come up. And we frequently run out of parts because parts that are needed are not showing up on the buying list for purchasing team. Okay, so there are a lot of different possibility I have never seen. Okay, so maybe the search is not as efficient. And this goes back to my comment that this is obviously a very legacy platform. So their search is not going to be as smooth as one of the <clears throat> recent platforms in general. I don't know whether you guys recall this. Um, your system search is not going to be a Google search, okay? So <laughs> so whatever you are going to write in the text is what you can probably search well, based on. The fact that he's using a different term, 0.5 as opposed to one half, yeah. obviously you're not going to find it. But a lot of systems nowadays also have aliases. So if that part number was also described as 0.5 inch, then it'll find it. <clears throat> so I want to be careful there. So you are saying that describe this as part of the alias and alias are typically used for the vendor records, right? You don't necessarily Not necessarily. It can be. Usually they have vendor records as well and vendor part numbers and cross-references there. But sometimes a company will have, uh, sometimes they'll call the same thing multiple, depends who you talk to in the company. They call it something different. So they'll have aliases so that everybody communicates equally. Um, I have seen descriptions being very long. I have also seen four or five different descriptions for part. Uh, I'm not sure which alias and Dave, uh, you can tell me if you have seen anything different here. But typically you put a lot of different details. I mean, it's not that you have to have another alias for that. You can put whatever description you like in, in the description and then it's going to be part of your search, right? Right. <laughs> if you put half, one half inch and 0.5 inch, you'll find it. Yeah, but I mean, look at the amount of maintenance that you have to do. <laughs> oh, no, you wouldn't do it. That's what. That's the reason why the alias comes in play yeah. is because some people call it half, some people call it 0.5. Um, any comment, Dave? No, I mean, I, I've I've definitely seen it multiple ways. You know, what, what I would say, you know, kind of the way to handle it is it, it to me, it really comes down to kind of an, an organization and, and, and process function, right? Defining those things going in. I mean, if Absolutely. you're 
item master, branch plant, what what have you, right? Whatever we're talking about for that specific organization. If if there's no standardization around there, there's no process documentation to to define and develop uh, these item numbers. You know, then to Andy's point, multiple people are going to be saying the same thing differently, and that can be very confusing. You know, throughout the organization. So I much prefer to kind of attack it from a process. Okay you know, standardization and training point, then I would develop something system wide to accommodate maybe let's say uh, a minority group within the company that likes to reference it by something specific. You know, it's, it's sometimes it can be challenging to get everybody on board to see that. Yeah. Uh, But that's really the best solution from the standpoint of standardization uh, and developing those, you know, those processes around how do we create new items? How do we reference old items? This is how we do it. There is no, you know, well, some days we feel like referencing them as millimeters and other days we like to convert them (laughs) to inches. I mean, it's, it shouldn't be, uh, you know, this is how I feel about it. And besides, who wants to deal with Canadians, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Must have you picked up on that. I, I did. I heard that. Yeah. Oh, that was quick. You moved it in their class. Yeah. Um, yeah. So very interesting, guys. The only other thing that I would add here on this commentary is going to be the MRP functionality. So I don't know what's going on, but if you are not able to find the parts as part of your MRP algorithm, then there's a real problem. So I don't know what's going on here. Either there's a configuration problem or there's a real problem with the software. Well, I I always tell people, you know, uh, when you're implementing an ERP, it's the perfect opportunity to revisit your process or process. You notice I'm bilingual there. Yes, I did notice that. (laughs) I I mean, I think this issue, at least specific to this comment, probably comes back to what you were saying in some previous uh, reviews in terms of, you know, kind of operator error, if you will, user, you know, user training functionality, call it whatever you want. Um, But I I think that's probably what this stems from versus a, you know, systemic issue uh, with not being able to find some specific item that's been created. And if you don't have the disciplines in place, for example, for consistent part numbering, you know, like in this example, uh, ERPs will come up with some idea to fix that problem, but really they should be fixing the root cause. Exactly. Could not agree more, guys. Uh, and not. Let's move to the next one. Okay, so here, this is coming, this is a very old review coming from 2022. So let's uh, see what 12, they have to say. 12. Uh, 2012. 2012, yeah, it's 10 year old. So prior to moving to Abus ERP, my organization used M2M, uh, which is very interesting. Okay, I would put probably these two solutions in the same bucket uh, in terms of the size. Um, now, this person is saying M2M was not easy to use was not easily customized to accommodate our need. To make customizations in M2M, we had to have a programmer write a number of external programs that would write to M2M, allowing us to get what we needed from the system. My understanding from this comment is going to be either this is a, this is an implementation issue. Uh, I think they are fairly even product in general. If they had have had any sort of problems with M2M, most likely this is probably implementation issue, and that's why they struggled with it. And then, or maybe it is the industry issue that you know, for some industries, M2M is probably going to be friendlier for some industry. Your EBS is going to be. Uh, that's probably true, but I think the main to manage technology behind what the Abyss has available 
mean, I mean, they were both, I mean, they're both built in the 19, early 1980s, but I think Abbas is a little more advanced, like upgraded technology wise. So based on the comments that we are reviewing, it seems like for the L and D right now. <laughs> no, you're right. But then, but then M made to manage was COBOL. Originally, 4GL would be COBOL as well, right, Andy, or, or no? No, no, no. COBOL is a 3G. Interesting. Okay, okay. COBOL, yeah. uh, 3GL started with World War II, right? <laughs> Interesting. Obviously, it was not born uh, back then. In the 90s. It's a lot further back than I can recall. Sorry, guys, what's that? I said that's a little further back than I can recall. Exactly. Well, like I told you, I, I've been in the business longer than you guys have been alive. So <laughs> take it for what it is. Okay. Um, so here we have from Aviation Aerospace, uh, 51 mm-hmm. to 200, uh, 2017, which is not very old. So here the person is saying that functionality in the core product before you add custom solutions, often you can meet your requirements with just a little bit of training. And small changes to your, that's probably right as well. I like this comment. And the reason why it is because I guess these technical systems are trying to promote that you should be customizing. But uh, what this guy is trying to recommend is don't customize, change your processes. And that's what you should be doing. So which is right. Um, Here we have this one from coming from 2017, 11 to 50 employees, furniture, which is very interesting. Not happy with company product average. Uh, we were misled during the sales process in that we were told the system could function in ways that it can. Okay, implementation process was a mess as it took 16 months. Then on the day of launch, we were provided a product that did not work, which is very interesting. It took months for them. And by the way, this is coming from 2017, guys. So it's not, it's very recent. Uh, it took months for them. Yeah, yeah. It took months for them to send a representative out to take a look and the conclusion was that we had to start over. Can you believe this? Uh, no, you know, terrible. either they over-customize, something is going on here, which is not making sense. But this is a very common situation overall. With the, and OEMs cannot do anything if you are going to over-customize or if you are going to have an implementation consultant who is going to over- That's why it's very, implementation is very, 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 okay? Implementation is probably going to be more important than your selection to be. Uh, okay, and if you don't really put that design architecture thinking during your implementation phase, it's very likely that. Um, here, it took months for them to send a representative out to take a look. Uh, and the conclusion was that we had to start over. I've already read that. Uh, created a new system for us and we had to recreate six months of data, re-entering all sales and AR. But it was impossible to do all data. So the purchasing side was entered as opening numbers. Uh, so they tried to actually enter the historical data, which is a terrible mistake. Nobody should do that. And here is stuff. Please, please, please don't do that. <laughs> okay, that's a terrible idea. You, if, if you have a lot of money you want to waste, please come to me. I'll help you. Uh, but don't waste on historical data. Or, or if you want money to waste, do it this way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, we lost some detail from the sales side as well. We have historical data that can never be retrieved. Um, mm. Yeah, nobody is to blame. You are to blame. Sorry. Uh, requires too many customizations to meet needs which gets very expensive. Why are you customizing to begin with? Uh, ERP systems are not supposed to. Uh, often get a programmer who has not worked on your system, does not recall the details of your system, company. Um, so you pay for them to research your issue 
compatibility that's very common especially when you are working with large companies uh, just because you know especially if you're dealing with support um, you know support is really designed for consultants not really for the end user so this is a very 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 instrument okay uh, the industry is information technology and services so obviously this person is going to be very excited about technology uh, you know any technical details is probably going to be a, a good thing for them so best linux software erp software in europe uh now i don't know why you would be selecting any erp system based on that based on an operating operating system this is coming from august 2015 but any it guys are going to be so happy about it just because that's what they are familiar with but i don't know a cfo that is going to be comfortable with you uh so <laughs> good luck finding that no uh, that's very true but you know what happens a lot of times companies will assign their it person an internal it person to lead an erp evaluation because that's they work with software seems to you know and all of a sudden the fact that it's linux based is way more important than the function exactly exactly could not agree more and people have to save their jobs as well right so <laughs> well there are lots of people out there that are microsoft haters and they they'll lean to linux because yeah. of that yeah um so here i can tell they are very flexible and efficient team they do the job the only uh i like abus erp as this is the only linux based erp that has complete functionality and developed as a regular erp with particular focus in production which is in itself rare developed as a small team of linux uh, professionals which are more expensive and rare to find yes they are more expensive in bulgaria <laughs> yeah, yeah. they are <laughs> really expensive everywhere so <laughs> and try to find a cfo who knows linux okay yeah, they are probably yeah. going to be charging 10x okay some more comments here the mm, other person is also... right there uh, exactly exactly the con so error messages in german language uh, still appear at times this is coming in 2017 learning curve for users english documentation help is not always clear runs on linux server as we are clearly that they and this is where my problem is with this okay is it a real cloud not cloud why do you have to go through all this deployment you know again you are buying a package software it's supposed to be it, i'm not going to call this plug and play but at least from the deployment perspective it should be plug and play <laughs> okay this is also very interesting comment 2017 buyer be warned big promises is the contract okay from sales to implementation we had nothing but failures uh now this is very interesting okay so the second one says first day installation of sandbox how does that work that's not making any sense whatsoever sandbox. there's two technical system 2017 how can a sandbox wait this software will not allow product move until employees log out for the day and obtain a manager's approval crazy that's this limits an organization setup, too all right <laughs> what's it that's got to be a setup i really don't know what's going on in 2017 you know probably businesses were moving on cloud i guess right <sighs> yeah i just don't understand you know why you have to deal and invest in such technical details right now uh, in 2022 there has to be something fundamentally off about the system that i'm not able to understand i mean that uh, next line almost really highlights that it says you know we've encountered countless errors with a system that is vanilla you know as they say no mods you know so that's that's kind of highlights that even further i mean you know some of some of the other comments potentially could have been passed away as you know heavily modded you know something like that but uh, you know again for based on what it what this one says it's um, it's well, the one the one below that dave is even worse it talks about I, i'm assuming when they call <laughs> the hotline they immediately recite what the legal terms are <laughs> sorry that's the way it is <laughs> 
that is big stuff sand or wow. pound sand or and this is the challenge, to be honest, with tier three, tier four oh, yeah. systems. Again, you don't want to get into all of these issues. There is a, there could be a real problem uh, with the technical maturity. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's it. Uh, any other comments, guys? Uh, you know, like like I said at the beginning, uh, you know, I I, can, I, I know a company. I, I think they got rid of it actually, but I know a company right near the a, a custom job shop right near the the, the uh, Pearson Airport actually, Sam, um, that bought this product uh but i think about a year year and a half later they replace it yeah and i, I don't know if um you know obviously how their website is set up but they they do have several u.s installations uh as customer success stories in there which i was a little surprised to see just leading into the conversation but there are several of them uh so whether or not it changes based on location and they highlight you know specific ones uh to where you're at but i was i was surprised to see so many um us based you know customer success stories on their website well they like 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 sam mentioned they're european based and uh you know up until 10 years ago they probably didn't have any customer in america yeah guys so if you guys don't have any other comments we can touch on Here's these a comments good one from uh, unders yeah uh, dave do you want to read yeah, sure. Uh, Abbas came from manufacturing and leading with scheduling and not financials. It would be fascinating to have a game of risk style map of countries that were ERP, MRP, uh, WMS, CMS, et cetera, to show the evolution of each system. I completely agree, Hunters. Uh, to see that a product started in MRP and then invaded ERP and CMS functionality would be a great visualization tool to understand the philosophy of the product. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, it would be uh, no doubt a fun way to illustrate that so okay if you guys don't have any other comments i'm probably going to bring the second one Andy, do well, you want to touch on this one sure regarding the customer portal very nice look and completely different design from the rest of the product that's yeah. no question a toss-up between abbas and the australian uh pronto customer portal for looks did they mention how they handle connection for that data since they can do on-prem setups? Is it a synced cloud instance? Yeah, we. I'm not sure if we know. Yeah, that's always very challenging when you are going to be syncing your on-prem with your um, uh, with your cloud, uh, especially if you are desktop-based software. If it is server-based, then it's probably going to be okay. Uh, but desktop-based, we have seen a lot of challenges with our software. So under completely agree. I think this is going to be really challenging in general. I'll uh, bring the last one. <laughs> so, Dave, do you want to go with this one? Yeah. Uh, regarding the search between half inch versus uh, 0.5 inch screws, that's asking a lot from some AI natural language processing. I've seen fastener specific ERP systems that tackle this by having categories and classes for quarter inch, half inch, three quarter inch, etc. But of course, that means tagging every item with its correct length, pitch, diameter, and material. Uh, but it seems like in this case, they're asking Abbas to perform a trick you'd find more in a distribution-centric ERP. So maybe they bought the wrong thing. Uh, oh. They should have reached out to, and I can't uh, see the rest well, on dot, my dot, screen. Dot, anybody. Yeah. Um, so maybe that alias I was describing is more wholesale distribution-centric. Um that can uh, be a yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Well, I I I I don't know about that, Andy, because uh, I mean, uh, you know, in the software systems that I've seen in that space, uh, have not had uh, something specific 
um, you know, like that. Like I said, I, I would recommend going back from a, a, a process and items, you know, standpoint to uh, to address it. Because, uh, again, you look at this and I don't disagree with what Anders is saying. It's interesting, right, for a specific application. But at the end of the day, you're still relying on your processes to ensure that this is getting tagged correctly, being input into the system correctly. So fundamentally, you still have the same challenge, uh, regardless of how it gets executed in the system. It, it comes back down to having good fundamentals in place when you are doing item setup and communicating clearly across you know, your, your organization how this particular thing is going to be referenced. Uh, and that follows through throughout your entire, you know, order order ordering process if that's the case you know supply chain everything yeah could not agree more guys uh anything else before we close no thank you so much sir of course guys that's it for today if you joined for the first time this was part of our industry series for which we meet every tuesday at 5 30 p.m eastern so make sure you guys are going to be here in the new year because we are not going to be here next week okay happy holidays everybody (laughs) happy holidays everybody and we'll come back in the third week of jam on that note thanks everyone for tuning in tonight thanks guys i cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show for sharing their knowledge and journey i always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today if you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to thechrysler.club. It's T-H-E-C-R-Y-S-L-E-R dot C-L-U-B. If you want to learn more about ND Pratico, head over to essoft.com. It's E-S-S-O-F-T dot com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Tom Pierce, who shares why ERP implementation is more of an art than science. Also, the interview with Rob Rastovich, who shares his insights into how Industry 4.0 technologies can drive customer experience. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you, and I hope to get you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.